welcome to The Mary Mack Show, where we will be talking about your feelings, experiences, and pain following the death of a loved one. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you find yourself in this entire world, I welcome you. How are you doing, my friend? I hope you are well. Have you been keeping up with your gratitude journal? Writing five new things each night in it that you're grateful for. Small things, bigger things, emotional things, practical things that you might have conquered. If you're not familiar with the reasoning behind a gratitude journal, well, you need to go listen in to my first podcast. Also, in past episodes 14 and 15, I spoke extensively about what to say to a relative or friend after the death of a loved one, and also what not to say to a relative or friend, which is just as important. Over the past 35 years of helping the bereaved, I am continually asked, what should I say to my relative or friend? And the ultimate answer always is to consider how you would be feeling if that were happening to you. Think about what you would want to hear from someone else at that moment. Try to place yourself in their shoes and feel the feelings, imagine the confusion, imagine the pain and upset, and then decide what you'd want to hear. Would you want to hear someone compare their loss with yours? Would you want them to say that they'll be there for you when you know they've never been reliable in normal life? Would you want them to say they will come over, cook dinner, and help clean your home when you know they've never invited you over for dinner before? Of course not. So if you're stuck on what to say and not to say to someone special in your life, go listen in to episode 14 and 15 and they will help you. But today I want to talk about how to comfort the bereaved through their most difficult moments. Let's look at what they need from you. One of the most important things you should know is what is swimming around in their head at this time of crisis. They are hurting and hurting badly. They've had a shock to their systems. Whether that person was ill and was expected to recover, whether they were chronically ill, and no one can believe it was now that they died, whether it was sudden, maybe a stroke, a heart attack, or some similar health illness, or was suddenly killed by an accident, homicide, or even an individual who took their own life. They are overwhelmed with the death and how it is affecting themselves and their surviving family members. 
Suddenly, they are in the thick of a major crisis, one they didn't anticipate right now. Even if someone had been dealing with major illness, they weren't sure when they might succumb to it, but it's still painful. More than likely, they will be crying and sometimes wailing, which can come out in many forms. Sometimes people sit in a stationary chair, but their bodies continually rock back and forth, and they comfort themselves when they cry. Sometimes they rock back and forth, but they still don't cry. Crying is our body's way of letting out so much pain, stress, and upset. Don't be afraid of it. They have a right to release that. And if you'd like to help them during this painful process, you need to become accustomed to their pain and the part of the pain which comes out in the form of crying. It can come out in spurts and then subside. It can come out in screeches. It can come out in wailing, which is completely overwhelming to see. But many times when a person is inconsolable, they have carried that pain with them until you show up and give them a place to cry and someone they love to cry with. You are actually giving them permission to grieve right then, and they just needed someone to hold them, be with them, sit next to them, wrap your arm around them, and allow them that space to feel all they are feeling. Maybe they have come over to your home because they wanted privacy to fall apart, not allowing their husband or wife, maybe children, to watch that happen. And you've given them this opportunity that they've probably needed for a very long time. For you to give them that is an enormous gift. Not everyone can handle watching someone fall apart and not judge them. You've done that for them, and you need to realize how amazing you are for giving them that opportunity. Another helpful thing you can do for them is to put on some soft instrumental music. Keep a box of tissues close to you. Put pillows and a blanket on the floor. Sit on the floor with your back to the sofa. Spread your legs out so they can sit in front of you, looking forward, away from you. They may not want you to see all the emotions on their face, nor see your reaction to their pain. Wrap your arms around them and whisper soft words of encouragement to them. Say things like, I am here for you. You are safe here. I realize you are in so much pain, but I want you to know you don't have to go through this alone. I don't know all you are feeling, but if you want to cry it out, I'll hold you through it. I miss him too. You are not alone. Other times, the death might have led to utter anger. It could be anger at how they died, as in the case of homicide, suicide, drunk driving death, failed medical procedure, or other type of death where someone was at fault, even the person that they loved.
Anger is a powerful emotion, and it's not uncommon for someone who is grieving to do reckless damage to property or person. If someone you love is dealing with pent-up anger, and you know they can't release it, you might want to try this. Have them kneel with their front facing the bed, almost like praying. Get a pillow and place it on the bed in front of them. Then encourage them to beat the pillow with their fists, and with each smack to the pillow, to say something to the person who did this to your loved one, even if you don't know who that might be. And if they are angry at the person they loved, have them say what needs to be said to them. If it's for someone they love, it might sound like this. I am so angry with you, Tim. I told you not to drive when you were coming home from the bar. How could you do this to me? How could you do this to the kids? How could you be so stupid? How am I going to raise them alone? I'm just so mad. You crashed our only car, and now I'm left with all the fallout from your crash. I hate you for what you did. I hate that I feel so angry at you. I hate that this is all happening, when it could have been prevented had you only been responsible. How could you do this to me, Tim? I hate you. I hate you. And all the while Tim's wife is saying all this, she should be taking out all the emotions out on that pillow with her fists. If a parent, spouse, sibling, or child is murdered, there are so many emotions that a survivor will have, but often they don't want to say it publicly. And you need to assure them that anything that is said between the two of you will be confidential. They may need to punch the pillow or collapse inside your embrace to just wail. Only you can decide which is appropriate at any given time. But murder or being killed by a drunk driver are both deaths which linger along through the criminal justice system. Most other deaths don't involve police, district attorneys, or state prosecutors, judges, and juries. So much of the overwhelm and anger can not only be about the person who killed their loved one. It's at the system itself, which has either let them down or the struggle to get through the entire process to see a sense of justice. Their emotions can be erratic. They may look like they are holding it all together, but then they collapse emotionally or physically. Help them to express their pain through these different exercises. And if their loved one took their own life, there are an entirely different set of emotions and anger surrounding this type of death. The overwhelming question is why, especially if a note was not left from their loved one. And even if there was a note, 
the sense of guilt for what they did or could have done that would have changed the outcome, will linger. All of their pain also needs to come out, and not only the pain they feel at themselves, but also the anger and pain they feel toward the person who actually took their life. Because they left so many survivors with this trauma. Another technique that is especially helpful is known as the emotional freedom technique. If you've listened in to my other podcasts, you know that I feel quite strongly that this will help you deal with emotional and physical pain that you may be struggling with. My favorite practitioner is Brad Yates, and he has hundreds of videos for every conceivable emotion you may be going through. And I've used his videos for myself on several occasions when life was throwing me a curveball. EFT, as it's called, or tapping, is an exceptional process which taps on the meridian lines in our bodies and releases pent up emotions. People around the world use it effectively to squash subsequent trauma. This would be an especially helpful way of calming your grieving friend. You can learn it together with Brad and then simply search for a video in his channel using the words you are feeling. So if you are dealing with overwhelm, he has a video for that. And if you are feeling anxious, he has a video for that. Search for what you are struggling with at any given time and learn how to help yourself. I highly encourage you to visit Brad Yates' channel, and I will leave you the links in the show notes below. I also encourage you to listen into my podcast 12, where I speak about tapping, what it is, and how it can help you. Another wonderful source of calm is to listen in to meditation videos. Search online for 30-minute meditations, even hour meditations, and see which one feels best for you. Lay down in bed and put the earbuds in and simply let the music overcome you. Let it flow and give you more peace. You might even decide to listen when you go to bed. It will provide an even better rest for you. Also, as you may have heard in the last episode, I shared with you that homeopathy has been a great blessing in my life over the past 15 years. And while I'm not a doctor, I can attest to the miraculous effect it has had on my life. One of my go-to remedies is known as Rescue Remedy. It comes in a small, bright yellow box. You take just a few drops onto your tongue and relax. It helps calm down your entire system. When I have a hard time starting my day and wondering how I was going to get through it without weeping, I would use this during my grieving process. I'll leave a link in the show notes for you. Most people who are grieving will look for the friends and relatives that told them they would be there for them, usually at the funeral and soon thereafter. And those people never showed up. Instead, be the person who does show up, the person who does help them move through all the pain and heartache. 
It takes a long time, and it can be ugly. Grief is messy. It's not something you handle once, and then they're all better. It doesn't work that way. They loved so much, and so they ache so much. Your being sensitive to their journey and checking in on a regular basis will help them know that you truly care about them. And then, one day in the future, when the tables are turned and you are grieving a special loved one's death of your own, the chances of them being there for you will be very strong. And you will be so grateful to have a friend by your side, just as they were when they needed you. Bless you for all you've done for others. You are an amazing friend. So now it's time to get up. Enjoy the music and dance, dance, dance. If you're in the car, wiggle in your seat and move your shoulders and hips. And if this is the first time hearing me, you might just think I'm a little wacky, but just do it anyway, okay? joining me today. Remember to write five things in your gratitude journal each evening that you are grateful for. Visit my website, marymac.info. Subscribe to my list to obtain your free book and so we can keep in touch. I'd really like to know who is listening from all around the world. So please do make yourself known. (laughs) And please rate and review my podcast, wherever you listen to me. And as always, remember to be happy because you deserve to. I'll speak to you again soon.